John Bloom here, and you're listening to the Sun's Solar Panel, which is much more informative and entertaining than listening to my solar panels, but not nearly as environmentally friendly. Solar Panel Podcast. We are joining you live this morning. Solar distancing. Solar distancing. My name is Tim Tompkins. Uh, as always, Mr. Dave King, very good friend of mine. Hello, buddy. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> and of course, it's really good to actually socially interact with somebody that I can see face to face. This is awesome. And of course, Mr. Greg Esposito. <coughs> Sorry, not not coronavirus, just just allergies. We're all right. A corona hoy. So I just noticed you know, I have I, a, hold on. I just noticed I still have the tag on my on the brim of my hat. This is gonna drive me nuts. Go ahead, Tim. I'm just, uh, there I, we I, go. I don't know. Isn't that what the, the, the kids do these days? They don't take the stickers off their hats I'm not a kid. I'm I'm almost forty. I don't do what the kids do. How the hell should I know? I'm trapped uh, in my house, all right? I, I let's just let's just keep moving. <laughs> um so I you know, I, I go skiing last week uh, to Utah. No, I was not gone because I caught something in Vegas that came back. <laughs> <laughs> you were close to Vegas. And uh, honestly, so I'm in Utah skiing and I'm at Deer Valley and it is the most magical experience. Uh, the best vacation I've ever been on my life. I mean, this place looks like it is out of a children's storybook. Uh, the skiing is phenomenal. I mean, it is just the trip of an absolute lifetime. Uh, I get back from Utah, and the whole fucking world's falling apart. Hold on, you didn't know this in Utah? Like, well, I mean, to an extent. Well, here's the thing: is it, it really like started like escalating, right? Like, I'm so I'm there. I'm kind of reading the news stories. It's talking about like I, you know some schools are closing here and there. No big deal. And then all of a sudden, I get back, and that's when shit hits a fan, you know. And it's just this really. This really strange time of like everyone freaking out and panic buying the weirdest things at the store, you know, so I go grocery shopping. I tried to get four boxes of pasta. They made me put back two of them. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And Tim's like, it's all I know how to make. I'm going to (laughs) die. How many ramens can I get? You can only get three ramens. (laughs) You can can survive on pasta and red sauce for a while, right? So let me go buy some damn pasta and red sauce. Uh, Of course, meanwhile. One top ramens in college. I'm worried about Greg because he's got a family. Um, Dave works at a retirement home. (laughs) Oh, my God. No I'm the it, bedpan cleaner. No, again, congratulations <laughs> on on the uh, promotion, Dave. You to bedpan cleaner. That, that's good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I get this text from Tim. How you doing with all those old people around? I'm like, <sighs> how many times have we gone over this? I work at the state pension system, which has regular aged people at it. <laughs> Except for Dave. He's the old one. I've I've been convinced for the last three years that Dave has managed a retirement home. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. Legitimately, I thought that's what he did. For, hey, there's nothing wrong with managing a retirement home. There's, there's not. Really nothing. I, it's just not well, my job. Right. Right now, it's probably not ideal. But back to your back to your shopping. Well, you know thing. what? They never leave, so they're probably not getting it. <laughs> well, uh, Tim, uh, back to your shopping thing. I'm really glad that Dave can now go in from six to seven in the morning and and shop without any concerns at his age. You know, he can go in and do yeah. that. Plus, you were talking about people buying the weirdest things, right? Uh, you know, the toilet paper thing's odd to me, but then my wife said she went to uh, one of our fine uh, local grocery establishments. No no free payola, or no free advertising here. And uh, so everything's, uh, everything's gone, right, basically, except for bananas. And my thought was... If you if you bought the bananas, you don't have to worry about the toilet paper. That you're just gonna get stopped up anyways, right? Yeah. You know, I've so. heard it depends on how old the banana is, and I always get them backwards, <laughs> which is a bad idea. Um, but if they're green, I forget. I think if they're green, they help you go, and if they're ripe and turning brown, that's what stops you up. But it might be the opposite. I'm not really sure. You know, you can Google this kind of stuff. But Tim, Tim, I, I you were Google, you were explaining. You were explaining you said some interesting adventures when you got home due to a lack of preparation on your part. So, uh, well, you know, call it a lack of preparation. I had legitimately gotten down to uh, one roll of toilet paper. And my thought was, when I get back from my ski vacation, I am just going to go to the store and buy more toilet paper like a normal human being would do any other time on the planet. Uh, I went to multiple grocery stores to get more toilet paper. I went to Circle K's. I went to uh, uh, Dollar General's. I'm not sure if they have those out in Arizona. I went to um, Walgreens. What kind of toilet paper is a Dollar General? I would take any toilet paper at that point, right? <laughs> like, just, but it's not anywhere. And I watched I this video. I did find out from a reputed source on Twitter, though, a different way to wipe your ass. Uh, according Mike Huckabee <laughs> from, I think <laughs> it's Arkansas, says to use corn on the cob. I uh, could do that. Um, I, I, I'm not going to. He I ended up like said to use corn on the cob. Resorted to uh, purchasing like really expensive uh, uh, disposable dinner napkins, right? Like packs of dinner napkins because there's no toilet paper. What about Finally, yesterday, wipe? my boss gave me some, so I'm okay. But it's just the, the society's collapsing around us and everyone's buying all the toilet paper. It's <laughs> Tim's weird. going into full like panic. Okay, two things, right? Usually when you go to the bathroom, there's this thing that 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 dispenses water called a shower right there. If you're <laughs> yeah. really in an emergency, really right? Go sure, there, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Two, of course. Two. I've already told my wife my emergency plan is if we run out, I'm cutting up a bunch of sheets because <laughs> my butt deserves something better than than uh, disposable dinner napkins or a cob of corn. All right, that's uh, that's that where wipe. we're going. Have some wet wipes. <laughs> I, I happen to have plenty. If people want to actually, um, maybe I should post them on eBay or something like that. I have lots of toilet paper. No, you're going you're gonna to get arrested if you start price gouging on toilet paper, uh, Dave. <laughs> Be uh, kind. Share that. Uh, cash only, man. I'm each in and I'll each. Uh, <laughs> oh, so I no meeting. Social distancing. Listen, guys, yeah. I have I'll to do this. To you from across the street. You'll toss it to somebody from six feet away, all right? Yeah, yeah exactly. 
So I have to do this thing, this producing role thing. I have to like post the link up so people know to, to join in and all that fun stuff. But I want to get to something okay. and I want Dave to really take the reins on this. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to post the links in the YouTube chat over on the right uh, donation link and a nomination link. Uh, the Bright Side COVID-19 Relief Fund. Dave, take it away. Yeah. So I had this idea. Once a year, we've always done the uh, Bright Side night to raise money to send kids to their first um, basketball game. And that has raised between ten dollars and $15,000 a year of donations from our community members, from our listeners, uh, from our watchers and readers and all that between Brightside and Solar Panel and the other pods that are related to Brightside. We've raised a lot of money once a year to send kids to a game. So I figured, why not actually use that power of donations, the power of people helping people to help out those that are really hit hard financially by this social distancing in this COVID-19 pandemic. Here in Arizona, the governor has, has declared that all the bars need to be closed. Restaurants can be pickup only, which kills about 80 to 90% of their sales. Um, you've got, so you've got small businesses that are locally owned that don't have uh, any, any real means to stay open. They're living day to day on their sales, on their, on their business. These hourly workers, Nobody's going to, they can't, uh, waitresses and waiters and bartenders and all that can't even work right now. Um, some of them are, are scraping by and, but scraping by does not pay the rent and, uh, scraping for the doing what we're, what we're doing is we've, I've started a fund, a GoFundMe campaign. You can find it on brightsideofthesun.com uh, in the top banner. We talk about it, starting a fund where we're going to help each other out. You just need to donate. 10 bucks, five bucks, 50 bucks, a hundred bucks, whatever you want to donate. And you, you can even suggest where to give the, who to give the money to either a local business or a person, you know, is really struggling. And suddenly as I, I know somebody who had four different sources of income, they're all gone in the past week because they're all hospitality or entertainment industry things. You've got arena workers, the, uh, uh, um, talking sick resort arena folks, you got chase field, got spring training folks all those folks are just not working right now what are they going to do for money go to brightsideofthesun.com you can nominate somebody to receive some donations where i'm going to make sure that every dollar goes out to people who need it in the local community and uh you can actually donate yourself we've already raised overnight i just posted this last uh friday night about 9 p.m we've raised over 500 bucks so far i need you guys to help me get this circulating around San Francisco that's that's already in the quarter million range. So obviously I don't think we can get that high, but I really, really think we can help each other out. Not everybody's life is, is on hold. Everyone's life is on hold socially, but not everybody is out of money uh, because we have jobs that actually that that we don't lose because of this. We should we we, you and me who are like that, should be giving some of our money to those who don't have a job anymore and they don't want to ask each other for money and they don't want to, they don't have parents. They don't have friends who can help fund them. They need us five to five bucks, 10 bucks, 50 bucks, whatever it is, please go on brightsideofthesun.com. Look for the link at the top of the page and you can donate anything you can and, or nominate people who should get some money. 
Yeah, I, I give Dave uh, a lot of crap. Uh, most people think I disdain Dave, but uh, the man has a big heart, and he always does great things like this. And uh, please, I think we can all band together and, and do something good for uh, not only our fellow Suns fans, but the community at large and, and the, you know, people around the world. I mean, this is about right now, uh, it sounds cheesy, but people helping people, right? I mean, this is, that's why we're social distancing. That's why we're, we're doing all this. And there are people out there hurting financially as well. And, uh, not to get political, but since the government's not, uh, doing anything right now, we might as well, uh, try to help people ourselves. So I, I, uh, I, I plead to you, go ahead and, uh, and go to the GoFundMe page and, uh, and donate whatever you can, whatever you're comfortable with right now. Let's help people out here. Um, uh, speaking of uh, the world kind of going crazy, I'm also in talks with uh, Jason DeVore of uh, Authority Zero. Um, pretty big out there in Arizona as well as other places, but going to have him on the show soon to do an acoustic rendition of the song Remedy. So anybody that uh, is familiar with Jason DeBoer will know why we are picking that song. But sticking with the Suns, we're about 12 minutes into the show. It is good that we finally do talk about the Suns. Devin Booker. Who? Um, Who? It's been so long. <laughs> he donated uh, $100,000 to coronavirus relief funds in and around the Phoenix area. Um, did that on his Twitch channel. Speaking of, I'm sure you guys saw his reaction to finding out the season had ended on Twitch. And, uh, you know, it's just a couple weeks ago where we were looking at it and we were reading how LeBron James wouldn't not play or wouldn't play if fans weren't in the arena. And uh, anyway, uh, you know, super good on, on Devin Booker to step up and, and do that. Yeah. Uh, you know, another guy with a big heart and we know he, he loves his city. He, he loves the people in it and uh, he wants to help. And that's, you know, it's great to hear. And a lot of the NBA players, uh, have stepped up. We talked about this this briefly last week, but Kevin Love, Giannis, Blake Griffin, uh, uh, just guys across the league stepping up and 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 wanting to have an impact in this. And uh, you see character in these times and true character. And uh, it's glad I'm glad that Devin Booker is one of the guys that that has stepped up to to help people. And uh, yeah, it's it's been a crazy few weeks to to say the least. Uh, and you know, I know and we it's have. It's not going to stop anytime soon. No, it's not, and that's the, That's the crazy thing. And it, the, you know, the I, I don't. I haven't looked at the show sheet, so we might be getting to this. But I'm going to ha- jump ahead if we we are, Tim. But I think the most interesting okay. thing in play with this is that this could dramatically shift the entire NBA season for the future too. Like not not just now. This could have <clears throat> an impact because the league's now talking about shifting the schedule uh, in the future as well to go from December through through August. So we could be seeing a grand experiment when this ends too. Uh, if, if the league tries to continue the year, we could see a shift in, in next year's schedule and, and for, uh, for the future and how the NBA runs its league too. I know it's a minor thing in, in what we're dealing with, but it's a, it, it could be a major change for basketball fans. Um, you guys ready for Tim's stat of the week? Hold on. I actually, hold on. I, I got something for you, Timmy. I think this will work. Uh, okay. Did you hear it? I don't know if you guys can hear it, but 
uh, on the stream. They <laughs> that just was heard not loud enough. No, no, no. <laughs> it's actually built into the streaming. So on the stream, they should have just heard one of those DJ horns. So that uh, that bad boy just went out because it's stat, stat, stat of the week. <laughs> Yeah, that was, that was cool, I kind of heard it, um, but you know, go back and do the editing and get a real, real sense of how loud that was. Sweet. Um, so right now, honestly, uh, there's not a lot of stats going on in the NBA, so we aren't going to do that. So we're going to, I'm going to switch it back uh, for the foreseeable future to talk about and break down what some of these uh, different terms mean and relate it to the Suns. So this week we are going to go over offensive rating. What that is is the points the team scores per 100 possessions. Uh, the Suns this season had an offensive rating of 110.5, which was their best since 29-2010 when the Suns lost in the conference finals. Um, fun note about that season. Uh, Amari Stoudemire, Steve Nash, and Grant Hill missed two games all season long combined between the three of them. Which is- wow. Imagine your top three, three, well, three of your top players. Your top two, and then I don't know where I don't remember where Grant Hill probably ranked that year. Probably four or five. That's pretty incredible for those guys to be healthy all year. But I don't I don't know if the Suns had. Well, Devin Booker missed three games, but everybody else on that top four, top five, missed significant time. Right, depending on where you put uh, Mikael Bridges, yeah. Oh, true. Okay, Mikael Bridges actually did get through that, so he'd probably be the Grant Hill of this team, huh? Uh, the, actually, the Mari Stoudemire of this team. The the, in, the importance oh of a training staff. Wow. I don't I don't think he's a clear number two. No, I thought I you were just referring Mikhail. to a percentage of games played. But yes, uh, uh, in in your oh, sure, reference, okay. um, he would be that. I also do want to go ahead and thank listener Jeff Allen for supporting the Sun Solar Panel Podcast. Uh, Jeff, Thanks, really Jeff. appreciate you. Thank you, and Jeff. If you're watching on YouTube or listening on the podcast and you do feel like you get a lot out of the show and you want to donate one, five or ten dollars a month, just open up the show notes. There's a support the show button on the bottom. If you do the five or the ten dollar one, I will personally send you some sun swag. So this is your chance. If you do not like me, that you can force me to go to the post office and get coronavirus so that I can send you some some sun's <laughs> items. Oh, so there's going to be some former sun's Good podcasters Lord. out there ordering a ton of this stuff. Ma- maximum oh. effort, everybody. Make Come Tim on. send some stuff in. Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, look, you live in uh, you live in Spring Break Central, where idiots were still out on the beaches until the, the yeah, governor shut that, it Tim? down. So, no, 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 guys, guys, guys. First off, <laughs> I I live in St. Augustine, um, which is a beautiful historic town, uh, the oldest town in America, actually. Um, where there's spring breakers don't go spring breakers go to like Fort Lauderdale and Tampa and Miami and stuff like that. That's not who comes here. Who comes here are families that are coming to the fountain of youth that ride the trolleys and give everyone coronavirus that way. Oh, okay. Well, Dave's now interested in coming and visiting. How is anywhere in Florida, the fountain of youth? Um, I don't know. It just is. Uh, all right. So gorilla time. We are going to, over the next couple of episodes, grade the Suns season. Um, you know, up until this point, who knows what the hell is going to happen. But, well, we got some time to kill and we're going to do it. So we're going to start off, though, with the centers and the power forwards on this episode. Uh, coming up on the next two episodes, we're going to have... Uh, 
point guard, shooting guard, small forward, uh, coaching staff, and Robert Sarver as well. The criteria for this is going to be A, B, C, D, or F, and I want to define this for my lovely co-hosts who perhaps haven't read the show notes, but also for you watching or listening right now. <laughs> Wait, we uh, can't do it. We can't do it based on emojis. We got to do it based on letters. I was just going to go. <laughs> that's that's the emoji everybody's getting. <laughs> right. Well, a, a little bit hard in podcast version. So an A would be nearly perfect, but also far exceeded your expectations for them this season. A B would be good, but exceeded expectations. And this is important. A C would be just fine, exactly how we expected them to play. A C is not a bad grade. They lived up to expectations. They did not exceed them. Right. So it's, it's the B Dave be, King of, of grading system, uh, of the grading system. Yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> okay, D. wait. If we're going to apply our grades here, none of us get A's. None of us get B's. I get a C. Greg gets a D. Disappointing season. Dave, I was just saying, and then in, in your life, you were just a C. Greg, right? You're going to get the F. <laughs> get this mofo off the team. <laughs> oh. And I'll get the D. Now, a D would be a disappointing season, a bit worse than we expected, but an F would be get this mofo off the team immediately, right? <laughs> so the, the two extremes we're going to go on. Um, so let's go ahead and let's start with centers, all right? Start with uh, Aaron Bain. Um, all the stats are going to be for this as well. Um, Aaron Baines, this season, 22 minutes, 15.1 PER, 11 points a game, 5.6 rebounds, 0.5 blocks. He shot 35% from three. The Suns were negative uh, a half a point with him on the court um, all season long. Uh, games played, 42. Games started, 28. And he did not rank in the top 20 in the NBA for anything. Look, uh, this we all know tale of two cities or two seasons with this guy. Uh, he it was an A at the beginning, and and I think it was uh, probably an F in the in that second half stretch uh, after he was would you, injured. You know that's probably it's probably harsh. I'll give him a D. So it it probably rounds out to a solid B for him. It's slightly better than we expected. Uh, but could have been a solid A if he had even slightly yeah. carried through what he had done at the beginning of the season after he had been injured. So I'll give him a B. <clears throat> Dave? Yeah. <clears throat> so obviously Aaron Baines was incredible in the opening opening few weeks. And then he hurt his hip and he hurt other things. He hurt his calf and, and all kinds of things just started happening to him. And then the hip recurred. So <clears throat> as far as... as uh, I, I guess I have to go similar to what, what Greg said, even though I hate doing that. Uh, <laughs> but he was far exceeding expectations to start the year. I would give him uh, uh, a solid D, if not an F, on his when he came back because he just wasn't the same guy. And it wasn't just the offense because he suddenly turned it back around when he got healthier again. He was really struggling with injuries this year. So... But I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to finish it with a B. And the reason I say that is because he helped us have a better feel about this past season than we otherwise would have felt when DeAndre Aiden was suspended for 25 games. So I'm going to give him a B. He saved the respectability of the season for the Suns, which is yeah. better than I expected. 
I, I pretty much completely agree with uh, with both of you guys at mid part of the season where he was uh, injured coming back from injury. And then he just was not as good as uh, as a backup as he is a starter. And that seems clear regardless. He just seems more comfortable in that role. Um, I would have gone with an A, but he was so bad for uh, for those stretches. But he was so good for other stretches. Right. So I think we're all in agreement with a with a B for Aaron Baines. All right, then. I like how uh, you're recording these so we can go back and look later. <laughs> 100%. Uh, Shaq Diallo, this season, 10 minutes, a 16.3 PER, average 4.8 points, 2.9 rebounds. On off court, the team was negative uh, six points with him on the court. He played 44 games. He started two, and he did not wind up in the top 20 for anything in the league. I'll go first this time even though Greg was inhaling to do another diatribe. No, I wasn't. Uh, <clears throat> I just, just allergies. Don't worry. <laughs> um, let's see. So check the aloe. I probably had higher expectations than I should have for him. He did not really make the consistent rotation in New Orleans. People thought he was an untapped potential guy and going to a bad team in Phoenix, he could suddenly... Uh, show off his his talents and and in preseason and and uh, a couple of opening stints of the year he actually showed some real good touch around the rim uh, finishing on pick and rolls and just showed a little bit different athleticism than what uh, we were we were all stuck with the um, with the you know kind of the maple tree kind of uh, big guys for a while with Frank and Aaron Baines and Dario Saric um, after DeAndre Ayton went down. So Sheck might have might have looked incredibly uh, athletic compared to them, but he looked good. Uh, still, though, those were those moments were few and far between. Sheck does not really have enough of an NBA game to be um, a solid rotation player. And that's why I'm going to actually give him a D this year. I'm going to give him a D. I, you know, I know it's not on your list, but it's part of my show, so I'm going to make it up anyways. I'm going to give him an incomplete because I don't think we saw enough of him. No, you can't give him an incomplete. This is as big a role as he's ever had in his career. Uh, I, I, would his whole great. career be incomplete? Fine. Then I'm going to give him a C because I don't see how how he could have done much more than than what you thought uh, he was going to do like this is, I, I mean like look he came in there weren't a whole lot of expectations when he got playing time he played pretty well for the most part uh, he was in and out of uh, out of the rotation and in and out of uh, playing minutes i mean i think you got what you could have expected out of dialu and if he had been given more minutes who knows what what could have happened with that the athleticism and and some of the flashes he showed so i'll give him a c uh but i really think we don't fully know what he could have done because he didn't get consistent minutes uh in in Monty's rotation so that's that's where i'm at with che- with uh, Shaq Diallo. um I agree with you, although I am going to go with a D as well. And that's because I remember specifically episodes that we had starting this off our season previews. And I really thought Shaq Diallo was going to be the one player on the Suns that um, myself, as well as other Suns fans, were just screaming to get more minutes because he was known as a hustle player. Um, I liked what I'd 
um, seen out of him before. And although he was pretty good, I did not see that same type of hustle and energy um, from him. So it, to me, he was disappointing. Um, I do think he didn't get enough of a run. And I think there were definite times in which other 10-day contracts, for example, were favored over him, which was a little bit surprising. But I also think that there's a good chance that he wasn't proving it in practice and that if he was, that Monty would have played him. Um, so I got to I gotta go with a, a D on Shaq Diallo. Uh, I mean, that, I, the point about practice is fair. We obviously don't see that. We We don't know how a guy puts forth effort and, and a coach will take that into consideration in terms of, of how he, he doles out his minutes. So th- I think that's a fair point. I'll stick with the C because I didn't expect as much from Diallo a- as you did. I mean, I remember, I think you kind of projected him as that Rashawn Holmes light kind of, kind of guy in the off season. I never 100%. expected a- as much from him. So I understand where you're coming from, Dave. I have no clue where he's coming from, but Tim, I understand you. <laughs> oh, well, that's okay that you don't have any clue because then that means, uh, I don't have to worry about you agreeing with me very well. No problem. <laughs> we agree on that. All right. And then, um, with <laughs> likely the second best player on the team, I don't feel comfortable saying that. Um, and now with the other center, DeAndre Ayton. Oh, you got the A one. wrong in our show notes, dude. Come on. Yeah, that's okay. No one can see it. All right, DeAndre Ayton averaged <laughs> 33 minutes a game. He had a 20.4 PER, 19 points, 12 rebounds, 1.7 blocks. The Suns were 3.5 points per 100 possessions better with him on the court. He played 30 games. He started 25, and he did end up with the top 20 ranking in the NBA for field goal percentage at 54.8%, which would have given him 14th in the league overall. Let's go ahead and start with Greg. Look, I struggle with this because if I'm looking just at the play on the court, I probably go an A because he uh, he blossomed in, in particularly in those last 20. Uh, games that he played you started to see how a guy like DeAndre could dominate uh, certain games in this league but you can't ignore the fact that he got himself suspended for 25 games right with if if he had been there for those 25 who knows where the Suns could have been in terms of uh, a weak Western Conference for that eighth seed in the playoffs so with that in mind I have to give him a B because he was slightly better than what a lot of us expected uh, when you take into consideration that he got himself suspended. So I'll give him a B on this. Uh, this is a really tough one. How about Tim? You go second this time. <laughs> uh, I, I can't, I, I can't give him any better than a C and I even think that that, uh, is is being given whoa uh, when 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 you get yourself suspended uh for 25 games which could likely tank it didn't end up you know tanking the sun season necessarily could likely tank an entire season for a franchise when you are that important important of a player regardless of the huge improvements that that deandre ayton showed uh he's a damn good player he's going to be damn good in the future but when you get yourself suspended for 25 games um, to start the season, I, I even feel like it's nice to give you a C. Because honestly, what the expectations were, you weren't going to get suspended for 25 games. You know, like that's, I, I don't know. 
that's what I'm going to go with. I think he was. I think he was really good. Doesn't matter. Yeah. So this is this is a really tough one, and uh, some people might actually dub this as the um, the the second most DeAndre Ayton slanted podcast in the market um, because we do we do think about you know this team's future is around DeAndre Ayton, and so it's it's why are we tearing him down constantly if uh, he's the guy we're going to have to get into the future and he responds to positive feedback and all that crap. I know people don't want to hear it, but this is the way people, this is the way human beings are. Some human beings are motivated by negativity and some human beings are motivated by positivity. Um, But anyway, that all being said, I got to give Aiden a D for the season. You guys just turned out to, no, this look, this coronavirus thing is not his fault, obviously. The twenty five <laughs> well, games some, some of the Luca fans fault. might be might be blaming uh COVID nineteen yeah. on, on Aiden as well. But oh man. So uh but the twenty five game suspension is his fault. It's not his fault that, that he twists his ankles. Lots of young players, especially as big as he is, that they have issues with, you know, keeping their body healthy when they're young. It's not his fault that the plague is happening but it is his fault that he got himself suspended the first 25 games that we all know in retrospect would have been an even better outcome with him on the court the entire time and he did something stupid that nobody contested that got him out for 25 games he's one of only what three players this year two players and only half a dozen over the past 10 years to get themselves suspended this way so Dumb on you, DeAndre Aiden, for having done this, and you'd better make up for it in, in, in future years and play all these games because the Suns would have been even better. Although, then now you could look at it as imagine that this might be the year the Suns qualified for playoff contention and the season gets canceled. Yeah. So maybe <laughs> maybe he saved us from even more disappointment and hate toward that, the NBA. That is the only reason <laughs> I, I guarantee that the season will start back up because the Suns aren't uh, in playoff contention because if they had been, it already would have been canceled completely. <laughs> can you imagine that? Man, <laughs> Sunday yes, I can. Looking all pretty, ready to go, and then bam, the season just okay. Well, we're not going to play anymore. <laughs> well, you know, De- I mean, DeAndre. Fairness, but let me tell you, I'm giving him a D. I'm giving him a D. A That's D- just the way it is. DeAndre Ayton I... can't catch a break, right? A, you guys just are hating on him. But then B, he's not even the the best DeAndre in in the valley anymore with oh, DeAndre Hopkins <laughs> coming to town. He's now the second best DeAndre in in Arizona. How I mean, the Suns this, this guy DeAndre can't catch Hopkins a help on their team. The NBA <laughs> version. Who's who's the NBA version of DeAndre Hopkins? Oh, I don't, I, I don't know. A guy, a Sean Marion. So, a, a well, actually, um, so DeAndre Hopkins, obviously in the NFL, you only play one side of the ball, so he's offense only, extremely productive, but he's not the playmaker. He's Kelly Oubre, quarterback. <laughs> Kelly Uber gets a uh, though, man. Yeah, flashy that's play. One. That's a good one. Who's the who is the ultimate? Like people were saying, Paul George, but Paul Ennis George Cantor. is a two way player. Yeah, Paul George and his Cantor. <laughs> yeah, but and his Cantor gets exposed defensively. It has to be somebody who's a neutral defensively, but an extreme positive offensively. Yeah. Is he? 
Is he Devin? No, he's not Devin he's Booker. Kelly he Oubre. only receives. He's Kelly Oubre, and he because he gets the exciting play. He you know the one-handed catches like, like Kelly's the great dunks. version of Kelly Oubre, though. I mean. DeAndre Hopkins in the NFL is better than Kelly Oubre in the NBA. Yes, yes, that that's fair. But uh, I think it's the same. The the kind of energy impact, the spectacular plays, like uh, only plays one side of the ball as a neutral on the other. I I I think that's a pretty pretty good description of Kelly Oubre there. Clay Thompson. Eh, maybe Clay. No, Clay Thompson is a positive on the defensive end. Uh-huh. This this uh-huh. this went a bizarre just, way. Uh, I was simply saying a, DeAndre yeah, Ayton. JJ Redick. Maybe he's JJ Redick. Uh, De, poor DeAndre Ayton, now the second best DeAndre in, in Arizona. Not only does he have to worry <laughs> about uh, about a name like Luca, he has to worry about his own name uh, being a better athlete than him in the same town he's in now. Uh, just no, no luck for DeAndre Ayton. Speaking of the NFL for a minute, aren't they just going, man, this is great timing for this pandemic <laughs> because they get to do all their stuff electronically. They're still doing free agency. They're the only new sports news in the country. And we're probably all going to be back to at least talking to each other in person by the time training camps open in July. We uh, hope. Well, I hope so. <laughs> we <laughs> hope. Jesus. All right. So Guys, moving on, moving on. this is bigger on, than on, we all think on. it is. Yes. I don't want that, to talk about Corona. That's why I'm, I'm living in this closet. I haven't left since last week's show. So. <laughs> <laughs> Your wife is banging on the there's, door. Come out. There's all no, sorts of. a podcast on Saturday. <laughs> there's all sorts of jars on the floor. You, you guys don't want to know. It's getting weird in this closet. So. <laughs> oh, jeez. Weird. Feel free to come out anytime, buddy. Hey. Uh, moving on come to out of the Frank, closet, Greg. Frank Kaminsky. Uh, 22 minutes, 14.5 PER, 4.9 rebounds a game, 11 points, uh, 34.8% from three. The Suns were 1.5 points worse, over 100 uh, possessions with him on the court. Uh, he played 32 games. He started 13, and he did not end up in the top 20 of anything in the league. I will go ahead, and I will start. Yes. Um, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Feel free to start any time. <laughs> no, it, it, it's hard. Expectations were relatively low, and I think to a certain extent, uh, he he played pretty well. I think that we were a bit too hard on him, but I think that the Suns really felt it when he wasn't there and how nice it would have been to have Frank Kaminsky there. You can't blame him for injury, so you can only take into account uh, the time you had when he was playing because uh, the injury was not his fault. Uh <sighs> <laughs> what do you say? Come on, Tim. What do you got for us? I mean, I guess I'm gonna. Go, I guess I'm gonna go with the with the with the B. Honestly, I mean, uh, you know, I, I I don't know, man. I'll, I'll go with the B, and I don't feel good about it. What would you? Where are you leaning toward? A B or a C, probably. It, it's based off of our own expectation, so it's trying to remember right. what the expectation was for Frank Kaminsky coming in. I think in. most people figured Frank Kaminsky shouldn't even be in the rotation, and Czech Diallo should get his minutes. Uh, I was not. Really not pissed how, that the Suns spent five million dollars on Frank. Look, I, I I bought beachfront property in Kaminsky Cove, so let's not say all of us wanted Diallo to 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 play. All right. Did you buy that yes. in July, though? I, I wanted in Frank July. to play because he could shoot. 
Uh, we got recordings. We could go back and listen, I'm sure. Yeah. I think you did the Kaminsky Cove in the fall. I did that, yes. Guys, we got uh, uh, Kurt Bermaggio. Um, (laughs) Kurt, I'm so sorry. (laughs) I just butchered your last name. Bermejo, I'm (laughs) guessing, is how you say it. Uh, He became an Italian cheese. Bermaggio. (laughs) Bermaggio. I I, I, I think it's Bermejo, maybe. Bermejo. Go ahead. Anyways. Just, guys, just read it. He's giving Frank Kaminsky an A. So, so yeah, that's what I'm doing. So, Kurt, Kurt <clears throat> went to Wisconsin. So, I am, no, he didn't go to, <laughs> Jesus Christ, not just people in Wisconsin to be at a great season. <laughs> I'm going second. I'm going to give him a solid A, and I'm not going to look back. You guys, Frank Kaminsky was supposed to be nothing. He was, people laughed at that signing. People said, oh my God, how do the Suns give two years, 10 million to this guy? And oh, thank God the second year is team option. So you can cut him as quickly as possible. Oh, he's never going to be in the rotation. Oh, he's terrible as an NBA player. He can't move. He can't do anything. He gets on that court and he busts his ass on that court. And he played hard every minute he played. He went through slumps on on scoring, but he still played hard. Then when he made his first three in weeks, he'd still wave the little three, the the hand on his face, the three finger hand. So I mean, the dude was great compared to expectations, far exceeded expectations. He was supposed to be nothing, and he turned out to be something. He started for 13 games this year. He played as well as you could, ex- more, better than anyone expected him to play. And it's not his fault that he got hurt, and the Suns did suffer when he was completely out of the rotation because of the injury. So I am, I'm looking forward to the Suns picking up his team option and giving him chance number two in season two as where he should be, which is the backup four or five, when you need to stretch the floor and go five out. I think I'm excited to have Frank back. He's limited. Obviously he's limited. He's never going to be a really good player in the NBA, but did he far exceed expectations? A hundred percent. So I give him a solid A. Look, he had to play out of position uh, part of this year, Uh, started part of the year when we all know he's, he's not a starter, but filled in admirably. Uh, His shooting uh, was part of why they got off to such a, a hot start when he when he got injured you could see it killed a lot of the floor spacing that they had at times especially because he and Baines got injured at, at around the same time but uh, I was gonna give him a B but then I remembered two things that that put him solidly in an A when the Suns did that fashion show, he came out in full denim with a cowboy hat. That takes balls. <laughs> so you get you get you get additional props from me. Plus, he provided me my favorite moment of the season on Aaron Baines' step back three in that crazy game where where he hit uh, nine three pointers. Frank is under the basket doing the Are You Not Entertained from Gladiator. He walked from the bench <laughs> under the basket, giving the crowd the Are You Not Entertained. So those two things push him from, from a solid B to an A in my, in my book. He's, he, he exceeded expectations on the court, and I think he was a big reason that the locker room was a, was a pretty solid locker room this year as well because he's a guy that, that understands you have to have some fun during this as well. So I'll give Frank an A as well. 
That's hilarious. Uh, I can't wait to uh, well, I'm, I'm gonna keep that uh, thought until we get through this. So power forwards moving on. This list is a lot shorter. I just want everyone to know how I got this list was simply um, because it, it, the, the positions changed so much depending on the lineups and the time of year and who was injured and who wasn't. So I just used basketball reference um, that essentially gave the, the percentage of time they played at that position, which would have put um, uh, you know, it's a whole weight issue and everything else. Regardless, we're going to go power <laughs> forward. We only have two um, that I'm listing here because uh, Cam Johnson arguably played some time power forward as well, but, but we'll do him the small forwards. Starting it off with Dario Saric, 25 minutes a game, 13.3 PER, <clears throat> 10 points, six rebounds, 34% from three. The Suns were 2.1 points worse per 100 possessions with him on the court. He played 58 games. He started in 50. And uh, he did not end up in the top 20 for anything in the NBA. Uh, Dave, let's start with you. I love how you're using the um, top 20 in the entire NBA leaderboards <laughs> as like your final qualifier on on that. Well, that's because that's... there's a lot of there's several Suns players that I want to highlight how good they were. And that's why, okay. because I do have those listed. OK. All right. Um, Sharich, I'll start. Um, I. Man, you know what? I'm going to go the opposite on him that I did on Frank, and I'm just going to say it's a D. And let me tell you why. I, I expected disappointing. The definition here we have is disappointing season, worse than expected. I was looking for good things from Dario Sharch. I know he had a tough year in Minnesota after he got traded out of Philadelphia, but his second year in the NBA when he was just 23 years old, and now he's just 25. I mean, that was just two seasons ago. Dario was really good for that Sixers team that won 50 some game. I think it was 50. They went 50 and 32 and they made the second round of the playoffs. Dario was really good. He had 38% of his threes. I think he was a 13 and seven player as their third or fourth best player on the team. He started nearly every game. I expected a lot from Dario Sharch. I know he's not the most athletic or prettiest to look at. And when he's on, it's so funny to watch the bumbling, stumbling, rumbling. I kept wishing Chris Myers would be calling his games sometimes to, to watch him barrel to the basket when he was, <clears throat> when he was really feeling it. Um, he's the, he's, he's a, bumbly kind of player, but he can be effective. He just wasn't effective enough for the Suns. He always tried hard. He always had a good attitude. He was healthy for the most part. He did have some nicks and, and bruises and stuff through the year, and he missed a few games, but he was healthy for a lot of the season, uh, and he was in and out of the lineup, depending on the kind of op opponents the Suns had. Monty was really trying to slot him into positions to succeed when he could. Um, I just am not happy with uh, the season he had, and I'm sure he's not happy with the season he had. So he's going to call it opportunity. He's going to be called called playing out of position, I guess. If I was him, I might do the same thing. But I think when he was put into positions to succeed, he didn't do it enough. And so I'm going to give him a D. Greg, uh, what do you think? To correct Tim, he did lead, He was in the top 20 in the league in emu, emo haircuts. Emu, emo haircuts. Uh, Poor guy's there. got a huge cowlick on the back of his head, man. <laughs> but like, uh, He can't do anything with his hair. Look, I I thought he was going his to be the answer. His head's probably shaped too weird to go bald. Probably. I, I, uh, 
I look at it, and honestly, I had immense expectations. I thought he was going to be the answer at power forward, at least in the short term, and he didn't prove to be that. Plus, when you take into account what they gave up to get him in the sixth pick in the draft, uh, you know, they move down to 11 and pick up pick up Dario. Like, I I want to go F, but based on our no, you know what? I'm gonna give him an F. I th- I wanted, I expected this guy to provide stability at the power forward spot. He did not provide that at all, and fell out of the rotation at one point. He's not gonna be on the roster next year. This was, uh, this was a failed experiment in. in in a year where a lot of James Jones's uh, experiments worked, this was not one of them. And I'm going to give him an F. He did not meet. Greg. He 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 just was not good enough to actually fill that role. And it's it's time to move on and find the actual answer of power forward. I give Sarge an F. So just to clarify, because we did define F as being get this mofo off the team, and I That's just said still- get this mofo off the team. Okay, fair enough. Um, I had higher expectations for Dario Sarge coming into the season. I I think to a certain point, uh, he lived up to them at certain stretches. Uh, He's the type of player where the box score doesn't tell the full story. Uh, He's a really good passer. I think that his defense was better than expected a lot of the time. I think that his help defense was actually really good um, and that he did provide valuable floor spacing um, at times. That being said, I, it was a disappointing season. I expected more from him. There were games where, uh, you know, to your point, he pretty much fell out of the rotation. He was still, even then, though, getting between 15, 20 minutes a game. There were several of those where he scored just three points, you know, and I, I don't think that scoring is the only way that you can impact a game, but you still got to score more than three. Right. He was supposed to be the answer at power forward, and he made it a bigger question mark for this team than he answered anything. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go with D. I'm not going to go with F, but I'm going to go with D as well. Now, this next one's interesting, and I'm excited. So let me just hold on. You talked about, Greg, just really quick. <clears throat> you talked about what the Suns could have done instead of um, acquiring Dario Sarge in that draft day trade. So. Just recap for any one Suns fan who might have forgotten how this went down <laughs> uh, was that the Suns had the sixth pick. Well, first of all, they had the second worst record in the NBA, but thanks to the lottery, they ended up with the sixth overall pick. And then with that sixth overall pick, they traded down to get Dario Saric and then took at the 11th spot Cameron Johnson. Now, you could say that the Suns were just horned in on Cameron Johnson anyway, so it's an indictment on the Suns scouting department more than anything on who they were going to take in the draft when they finally took somebody. Um, there were some, uh, I don't know how, how true the rumors are, but there were some rumors that if they couldn't trade down, they still might've just tabbed Cam Johnson at number six, but the guys who were taken ahead of Cam Johnson between the number six pick and the number uh, 11 pick did not have great uh, rookie season, rookie seasons on, and they were on bad teams too. Jarrett Culver, didn't even uh, score 10 points a game. It wasn't really great for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, <clears throat> Kobe White really had a bad few months until that last week or two before the season got suspended. Jackson Hayes didn't really get in the Pelicans rotation, even when Derek Babers was out a lot. Though he's got some nice potential uh, for sure. Uh, Rui Hachimura played a lot for 
the Washington Wizards, but uh, that's because they they really needed somebody to play. I mean, there's there are there were some good talents. Cam Reddish had a really tough start to his career, but he was getting a little bit better. Um, there there are some really good talents in that draft that they could have taken with that sixth pick. Um, and certainly, obviously, we talk about Brandon Clark, but it looks like the Suns weren't going after Brandon Clark anyway, or they would have taken him at 11. But I mean, so, if, if uh, you, that's if an you, indictment on the Suns scouting, not on Darish Arch. No, but the thing is, you essentially took Cam Johnson at number six, right, the way this plays out, because Dario did nothing for you this season. He's going to be gone next season, so you traded the six pick for Cam Johnson. I disagree. What they did is they invested in one year of getting more respectable. Um, Dario helped them get more respectable. I give him a D, but he still allowed them to get more respectable at that power forward position while the Suns' other young players kind of grew up a little bit. So um, I almost want to, now I want to raise the grade to C because of what you just said. <laughs> I just, I mean, I, we're going to change my, we're going to change my grade. I'm going to, I'm going to raise my grade to a C because of what Greg just did, said. Just because Dario he was, was it was a, a veteran. Throwaway. It was, uh, he no, made them more he provided respect. some he, he provided stability to a team that needed it. That could have completely gone in the tank when DeAndre Aiden <laughs> went down for that suspension. Dario helped keep them afloat along with Frank Kaminsky because How? then Aaron Baines went down a few games later. Be quiet, Greg. <laughs> no, now I'm going to raise my grade to a C just because of that. How? That's what I'm. How does a guy who completely fell out of the rotation help? I no, no, you're totally wrong on this one, Dave. And I wonder if I keep arguing with you if you'll raise it to an A by the end, just out of spite <laughs> and look really dumb. Look, Dario's got a C. Look, and I was the guy pounding on the table that they should have traded that pick before uh, we even knew where it was in the draft lottery because that was when it was the most valuable. Instead, you get Dario Saric and Cam Johnson. You might as well have just taken Johnson at six because you got, I, I just don't think Dario Saric had much of any impact on this year, and it meant you weren't going to go try to find a power forward to actually plug that hole because you thought he was the answer, and he wasn't. So now you're sitting in the same exact spot you were last off season you need to answer the power forward spot it, it's an f to me it was a complete failure he's got a c for me oh screw you Greg. it's a b now dave says he has a b now <laughs> well look the overall outcome of this season is that the sun's become a respectable nba team that other teams had to play harder to beat that is a given. I don't think you can argue that. A year ago, teams were not playing the Suns as hard as they were playing them this year. I don't argue that. Dario I don't think Dario was Dario a big factor in that. that. I think he was a factor in that. All right, fuck it. Give him a B. <laughs> <laughs> let's just keep, let's get no, it to no. an A. No. We'll stay with C. Right. We'll stay with C. We'll stay with Tim, C. Tim, please get this back on the rails. All right. Uh, <laughs> this one I find really interesting. Mikhail Bridges, 27 minutes, a 13 PER, 8.7 points, four rebounds, 1.4 steals per game. He shot 35% from three. The Suns were 7.2 points per 100 possessions better with Mikhail Bridges on the floor. Uh, he played in 65 games, started 24, in the top 20 in the NBA for games played at 65. He was fourth. Um, 93 steals for eighth in the league. He was 20th in defensive box plus minus, and he was 19th in the league with a true shooting percentage of, uh, 62.3. Uh, Mikhail Bridges. I'm going to give him, I'm really going to give him an A. 
I oh. because honestly, I wasn't a McHale, I I wasn't as much of a McHale guy as everybody else going into this uh, season. I I looked at him. I thought, okay, not not a not a guy that does anything that wows me. And as I continued to watch him this season, I just saw more Sean Marion in his game. I just saw more a guy that's going to impact every little little aspect. I like. He was not expected to be an offensive uh, threat for this team, so he filled the role that that was expected of him. And then when they needed offense, he came through in, in a lot of those games. I, this was a big step forward for McHale this year. I looked at it as a guy that, as I said, wasn't a huge uh, wasn't huge on him going into this year, and I became a real fan. So if we're basing it on on expectations in that way, he gets an A for me. He far exceeded what uh, what I was looking for, and I started to see the things that made me realize this guy will be an integral part of what they're trying to do and, and what they were able to accomplish with him in, in the starting lineup, his impact. You look at the steals. The, he does the little things that aren't flashy, and I'm going to give him an A. I, and I don't care what Dave has to say about it. Uh, it's it's an A for me. Tim, you go second. <sighs> I love Mikael Bridges' game. I think he is uh, the perfect example of a player that has a huge impact uh, on a game without scoring a lot of points. I thought that uh, he really upped his offensive game not just by fixing the hitch in a shot but i thought that his cutting got to be a lot better um the fact that he would guard one through four and legitimately guard point guards throughout uh courses of games i thought was incredibly impressive um he exceeded my expectations to where i thought he was going to be on so many levels this year that being said i'm going to go with a b because 8.7 points is not enough to warrant an A, in my opinion. Uh, if he had been closer to 15 a game, um, I would give him more. But the fact that uh, his shooting percentage was so good, um, you know, I, he should have he scored more. And I, I really don't want How to ever... Him? Well, uh, you look at you look at it, and look, you got Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Kelly Oubre. Those are the three that yeah. are going to do the sure, bulk no. of your scoring there. Right. Sean but... Marion was not an aggressive scorer either, and his second year he was 17 points a game and 10 rebounds a game. And I don't even think he needs to get to 17. I just 8.7 um, as you know uh, the starting power forward through a lot of the season it's just not enough you just got to score more but a b is not a bad grade no i know <laughs> I, I think I, that's I probably know. the best grade i've given anybody so far um a b is really good but it's it, he's got to score more than 10 points I, a game i think that's fair and dave i said things that he did reminded me of sean marion not that he is sean marion or the second coming of sean marion let's be clear on that oh uh, well i'm gonna hold that I'm going to hold you to that. From going, going. <laughs> Your turn, Dave, if you'd like to go. Okay. I would like to go. Oh, there you um, go. Okay. So, Mikel Bridges, uh, you know, this is interesting because I did not expect I, – I did not expect him to be a big scorer this year. I didn't expect him to be a big stats guy. I expected him to be the, the advanced stats guy where he helps you win games in other ways besides scoring and rebounding. Um, so in that respect, 
he was he met my expectations <laughs> because he didn't score and he didn't rebound too much. Uh, so in that respect, he met my expectations. I expected him to be one of the best defenders in the league. I expected him to be um, <clears throat> in, uh, a, a below aggressiveness level scorer. He didn't take enough shots. Somehow Frank Kaminsky was taking more threes than him most of the season. And I don't, that shouldn't happen. I mean, Bridges, Mikel was set up to be out there taking shots and he just wouldn't take him. He had that weird hitch in his shot and he had a long release. And I mean, it took him a while to get through all that. And I remember Monty even saying recently that about, cause Mikel Bridges really had a good final month or two months of the season. Absolutely. And Monty Williams mentioned recently, he's like, yeah, man, when we started, this is Monty's first year coaching Mikel. Um, he's like, at the start of the season, we knew we had a lot of work to do with him. And they shouldn't have had so much work to do with Mikel Bridges. They shouldn't have. Mikel Bridges was a 38% three-point shooter in college, shooting at a high clip, uh, and, and he averaged 17 points as, a, as his final year in college. I think it was his junior year. Um, he, had, he averaged 17 points a game. He took a lot of threes, and he made a lot of them. He shouldn't have had so much work to do, but they had a lot of work to do with him offensively. Uh, defensively, he just obviously proved himself. He, so I think he met expectations. Um, just fine. What we expected is what I'm going to give him. So I'm going to say a C. What, what I um, want to know is who broke his shot because somebody in the organization had to have screwed with that thing. He didn't just, no, maybe he just screwed it. Maybe he did, but why would, why would he have changed things? Why would anyone say, run? let's start down at your hip. Let's stop at your chest and then, and then continue. No coach have you is going to tell the, you to do have that. You, before this season, have you seen the poo-poo platter of what the Suns have brought in to work with some of their players? It would no not shock me. No coach is going to say that. It would not shock me. That you know. Well, or or big, they didn't fix it the first year. Big like, props to everybody for figuring it out. In the last couple yes. of months, he was making 40% of his threes. He yes. just wasn't taking enough of them. There was, I, I mean, the fact that I can count on one hand how many games he actually looked like he was ready to take shots when he ca- caught the ball, that's not a good sign. I mean, uh, uh, Mikel, you need to get more aggressive on catch and shoots. Look, and it's fair because these are based off of what our initial expectations were for a player. So I understand where you are with a C on that. And I think my expectations were just lower uh, for for Mikhail coming into the year than, than yours Don't were. Don't agree so with I get me. It. it makes me feel bad. Oh, no. Well, good. I'm going to keep agreeing. Dave, you <laughs> okay. were a super genius on that point, and I hope Psychology it makes you feel dirty. Work. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, we're at an hour. Let's go Damn. ahead and recap okay. the scores that we had. All right, so Aaron Baines. Average, a solid B uh, between all of us. Shaq Diallo, two Ds and a C. DeAndre Ayton, a C, a B, and a D. Frank Kaminsky, two A's and a B. Power forward, uh, Dario Saric, a C, a D, and an F. And Mikhail Bridges, a C, an A, and a B. So collectively, the highest rating we gave to any player uh, <laughs> that we graded was Frank Kaminsky. <laughs> Congrats, guys. <laughs> well, this is the context. The context was compared to expectations. <laughs> hey, the the denim cowboy hat outfit uh, was the was the deciding factor that in that. That, that was the, the clincher. clincher. Congratulations, yeah. Frank Kaminsky Cove, living strong here. On and the I got to tell you that he actually rivaled um, the best of Big Sauce on sideline reactions to big plays. 
plays by the teammates. He was so good on the bench. And he's so goofy he's such looking. A good guy. He's goofy looking, <laughs> exactly. He's a goofy mofo. <laughs> but I do want him back next year. Um, hey, guys, I just want to say that I really appreciate this this pod. Um, I've been doing the social distancing thing. My entire life has changed in the past week over what I've been so used to for the past 15 years. Here's my life for the past 15 years. Go to work, go to the workplace and deal with people all day long, work with a hundred different people all day long. That's just been, no, not old people, Tim, but regular, regular age <laughs> people all day long um, and see them face to face and, and work and, and manage things on social cues that I can see people at night do sports. If it's not the Suns, it's something else. It's some other sports, watching sports, playing sports, doing something. At lunch, at work, I would go to the gym. I would work out five, six days a week. I, on the weekends, I've got a, a small membership at LA Fitness. Uh, during the week, I've got a little membership at the fitness club in our, in our building. And then, you know, then I would just, um, I, would, I would watch sports, like I said. So I'd watch sports, I'd work out, I'd hang out with people inside and outside of work, and then I'd see people all day at work. None of that's the same over the past week. Everything has completely changed. So it's a new world. I rarely actually see people anymore because I'm in a kind of a tough spot. I'm in my 50s. Uh, I've got a, a bad lung problem because of my asthma. I've had heavy asthma my whole life. And so I'm trying to keep myself alive. The first reported death in Arizona is a 50-something Maricopa County resident male. So I'm just really taking this seriously, and I appreciate seeing you guys, hanging out with you guys on this. And I, I think we should probably do more of these, even though even if we don't pod them, yeah. uh, do them live. But I would love to I, – I want to keep this going. And I really appreciate just talking basketball. I have not been in the mood to even write about basketball for the past couple of weeks either either. And, um, it's going to go longer. And, and so I really appreciate you guys spending time with me today and talking about this stuff. Dave, I love that that started out as just a humble brag where you're like, I work out six to seven times a day. And I'm not uh, saying yeah. I work out hard. <laughs> I'm just saying I do something. No, I, I, I agree, man. I, I, I'm glad we can do this. I'm glad we can talk with each other and, and talk with fans. I think there's some opportunities to, uh, I catch up with with some of our friends, like the Fanning the Flames guys, do some different things here. Uh, yeah, we're in our this. Our Suns Report yeah, podcast yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. as well on Brightside. Are yeah, they absolutely. nice? We haven't we haven't met them. We'll have to we'll have to introduce we ourselves. To uh, uh, but hey, can we uh, can we get to the the donkey thing that I'm I'm going to try to do here? Can we can we talk about yeah, that uh, before we go? It, yeah. Do you want to? Uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Tell everybody, because I think they need to go vote, right, on your yeah, Twitter. I actually I, looked gonna, for the tweet, and I couldn't we, find we it. We haven't done it yet. That, that This is the unfailing of it, Tim. <laughs> well, you could find we're, it. We're unveiling it here on the program. It's the Donkey Award Tweet 16 tournament that we're going to have, right? Put together a 16-tweet bracket of the most egregious things that people have said in regards to the Suns this season on Twitter, uh, ranked them 1 through 16 with the help of Jared Cohen, a friend of the pod, a, a friend of mine. Uh, we, I just put together the bracket last night, and I'm going to unveil the 1 versus 16 matchup right here. 
Number one seed at true underscore rise. Josh Jackson has already contributed more to winning basketball than Devin Booker has. We're not blaming the player here either way. Still, think about it. So that's the number one seed in this tournament versus the number 16 seed, Ben Lander, at blander underscore. Takes away from a strange game in Phoenix, including the play of Atlanta Center's DeAndre Hunter's activity and unsightly charge baiting, are where we got the term charge baiting from. So that's the one <laughs> versus 16 matchup. We're going to have votes throughout the week. You, the fans, will decide. Who moves on to the second round uh, matchups? Uh, one, one through sixteen, you're going to get a vote on round one. We're going to crown who belongs in the Donkey Award Ring of Dishonor. Who will be our first member to go up in the rafters here in in the uh, the studio? So we're going to vote. We're going to do this because we need something to keep us entertained. And uh, laughing at bad tweets is probably a good way to go about it. So head over to uh, my Twitter page, at Espo. I'm going to launch the 1 versus 16 voting right after the show. We'll keep uh, rolling out additional matchups throughout the week, and we'll uh, we'll talk about results uh, next week on the pod. There you go. And as always, uh, Dave, especially nice to see you. Uh, seriously, don't leave the house, man. Um, I would, I would be devastated if anything happened. Uh, Greg, always nice to see you. And of course, everybody that joined us live. Wait, am I allowed to leave the house? Like, it was, yeah, yeah, you'll, you'll you'll be fine. Greg, you go ahead. You'll be be fine. Um, Uh, after this, I'm actually going to go play, uh, basketball with about 16 dudes. And, you know, hold on, hold on. 10 people in a group. Yeah, yeah. You're, is Florida not on lockdown for for idiots trying to play basketball shirtless outside? Like, is this? Uh, the... First off, we don't we don't play shirtless, uh, so I think we'll be fine. No, you know, here's the thing: in Florida, we just don't really uh, give a damn. So, you know, we'll be okay. But Dave, seriously, stay stay inside, buddy. Okay. <laughs> oh, geez. Why did Why does this yeah, feel like you're a not co- as safe as you think you are? <laughs> yeah. Why did? Yeah, all that vaping. I'm sure those lungs are in great health, my friend. Be careful out there. All right. <laughs> I'll be fine. I'll be fine. <laughs> All right, guys. Wait, maybe maybe we'll try to do do uh, more than one of these uh, since we're all trapped inside. Now, not that there's a lot of suns to talk about, but at least this is a a fun way to get together. So. Hey, guys. It's Espo back to remind you that there are many ways that you can support this show. Uh, you can start by following us on Twitter, you know, following us at Sun Solar Panel. Leave a five-star review. That's right, five-star review. You probably remember when I used to do that. We might even read it on the show. You can click the link in the bio and leave us a voicemail and, and support the show that way. Or you can go to sunshirts.com, buy a shirt. Or, you know what, there is another way. There's, I told you, there's so many ways to support this show and keep Dave with getting his Geritol, get Tim to get his glasses, keep me feeding my daughter, however you want to look at it. You can help uh, help the show out. You can donate uh, as well. If you click the link in the show notes, you can donate $1, $5, to the show, and it is greatly appreciated as it helps us keep doing this. This is a passion project for Dave, Tim, and I. We all uh, do other things, but we love connecting with you, the Suns fans, twice a week. So support us, sunshirts.com. You can donate, follow us, leave a five-star review, 
however you want to do it. We appreciate you. And you know what? If you donate 10 bucks, Tim's going to send you some sun, uh, solar panel swag. I don't know where he's getting it. It's probably some shady place that, that he knows about out there in Florida. But it's cool stuff, so uh, donate. Thanks again, uh, Greg here, and Tim and Dave also appreciate you. It's Sun Solar Panel. You can support us, sunshirts.com, or leave a donation.